Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to be revealing specifically for women over 40, how to socialize without gaining weight. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So we speak to a lot of women in their 40s and 50s who are looking to lose some weight but struggle to balance that with their social life. And a lot of people are able to stick to healthy food, healthy exercise habits during the week. But when the weekend comes or when those social events sort of start to roll around, all those good intentions go out the window and then they eat and they drink way too much. Then it comes to Monday morning, they step on the scales, they found that they've undone all their hard work and they're heavier than ever. To make things worse, this can then lead to people giving up completely. So they have this bad weekend or this bad social event and they completely go off the way, the rails for a number of weeks or months, putting on more and more weight and ending up worse off than when they started trying to lose weight in the first place. And I can't tell you how many women we've worked with who are trapped in this situation, who are gaining more and more weight every year, who are choosing clothes to cover up problem areas rather than choosing the clothes that they want to wear, and who are feeling like they'd never be able to get their weight under control unless they gave up socialising completely. And what can make things even more difficult, especially for women in their 40s and 50s, is adding to all of this difficulty around social events it's also more difficult, it can also be more difficult to lose weight in the first place. It can be easier to gain weight around the middle, more difficult to lose it again because of the way that women's bodies and women's hormones change as they get older. So it's almost a, a double whammy if you're in that age category as well. But with the right approach, you can quickly and easily drop a couple of stone, like you can drop a couple of dress sizes, you can get to exactly where you wanna be with your body without having to starve yourself, without having to ban any weekend treats or without having to give up your social life. So in today's podcast, we are going to reveal our top strategies for socializing without gaining a single pound on the scales. Excellent, so we're gonna go through three strategies today, um, specific for women over 40, that are going to help you to, to shift the weight even while socializing that is possible. We've got an example at the end of a client who's done that. We've got many more examples of clients inside our program who are able to do that. So the first thing we'd recommend you do before you get into anything tactical. So before you get into anything where you're, um, you're actually thinking about what I'm going to do and actually rewind and focus on your mindset. So this is the way, this kind of thought patterns you have in your head and for a lot of the women we work with over 40, they've done many, many diets over the years. And therefore, they've learned a lot of things that diets have taught them that are not necessarily helpful in these kind of situations. So a lot of diets teach people black or white thinking. They teach people good or bad thinking or pass and fail thinking. So this means that as soon as you've had something that you think is unhealthy or that's off plan, they assume that they've done something bad and that they've ruined everything and they may as well start again tomorrow. And maybe you can relate to this. It's something we hear all the time, um, working, working with our clients. And it's something we work with our clients to kind of um, to turn around and, and to turn into more productive mindsets that allow them to be more consistent. Because what this is like, if you do, let's say you, you go to a social event and you plan to stick to your diet, which what we do, we wouldn't really call a diet, but let's say you're doing a diet. Um, 
you go to that social event, you say, I'm going to stick to this. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to eat any, have any sugar. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to have any carbs, whatever it may be cutting out. And then you, you get offered something that your friend goes, go on, just have one, just have one. It won't matter. And you go, okay, I'll just have one. And then in your head, you feel like, oh, now I've had it. I've ruined it. I was supposed to not eat carbs and I've eaten carbs. I was supposed to not have alcohol and I've had a drink. I've, I've ruined it all. And then what most people do in that situation, I don't know what happens for you if you're listening, but for a lot of the people we work with, the dieting mindset they've been taught is then that's kind of ruined because you've gone off plan. There's no bad plan B. There's no way to deal with that. So what they do is they say, sod it, I've ruined it all. I'll start again tomorrow. I'll start again next week. I'll start again Monday. And as Ben said, often that can actually, then the whole weekend goes to part and then you think I've just ruined it all. What's the point? I'll give up entirely. I'll start again you know, they start again in a few weeks or months, but for, for quite a long time, they're off track. And that really doesn't work well. And an analogy for this is it's kind of like, imagine you drop your phone and I don't know if you've ever done this. I did this for the first time um, during lockdown. I dropped my phone. I was literally replacing the screen protector on my phone that night. I was like, I'm going to take the one off now because it's all cracked. I'll put a new one on tonight. And in between then and changing it, I had a hole in my pocket. My phone fell through and I picked it up and it was smashed. I was like, oh, I've never done this before. It's really, really frustrating. I'm sure people can relate to this, but what this is like, so if you eat that bad thing and then think, sod it, I've ruined it all, I'll just eat whatever I want. It's kind of looking at that slightly smashed phone, which is what mine was like, and then just stamping on it repeatedly until you've destroyed the whole phone. And obviously that doesn't make sense. If you saw someone doing that with their phone, you'd think that's you know pretty mad. You could just replace that at the screen or keep using it. It's probably not completely ruined. And it's the same with your nutrition. In fact, it's not even as serious as that. It's more like a sliding scale. So with your diet or with whatever you're following with food and an exercise, your fitness journey, it's a sliding scale. So if if after the end of the day, you've been 60% or 70% good or on track, that's still like massively better than 0% on track. And that might be enough to maintain your weight that day. And then you start making progress again for the next day. And every decision you make can actually improve things like even if you've made a decision that wasn't quite so good, so you, you know, you weren't planning to drink and you had a drink, you could stop drinking at that point. Or and we will talk about alcohol a bit more because obviously there's a bit more to it than that. But let's say you had, um, you ate some carbs with your main meal, you could perhaps make a better decision for dessert if you're if you're socialising. That's the situation. Like every decision you make can improve things, and not every decision has to be perfect for it to be worth making some sort of compromise. It's always better to make some sort of compromise, and it will always pay off. So for example, you could have some sausages, but you could say no to the bun if you're having a barbecue. So you just eat the meat, but not the, the curry bit. You could have a drink, but then transition to something non-alcoholic like um, lime and soda or Diet Coke or something like that. Or you could stick to, let's say with a main meal, you could stick something like meat and veg, but you could avoid carbs so that then you can have a dessert. So it doesn't have to be perfect and that will still work. So the main thing to take away from this is that if you can shift your mindset out of that dieting mindset, which again, we use tools inside our program. We use a tool called the Thought Transformer to transform your way of thinking out of diet mindsets and into longer term ways of thinking that will get you fit over 40 and allow you to maintain that kind of effortlessly. But that's a quick kind of kind of uh, run through of the kind of things you can do to, to shift your mindset. And if you do that, then you'll be able to, you know, make better choices and not feel like you've ruined it if you just have one bad thing. So the second thing that you can do is to focus on balancing out the calories. So the problem that a lot of people run into is that they don't plan ahead. They just kind of hope for the best. So you have a look, you know, you look at your schedule 
over the summer where hopefully things are opening up. Maybe you've got some really exciting plans. You'll have all of these things planned in. You'll have all of these things coming up. But a lot of people will not really have a plan around those things for how they're going to succeed and how they're going to make that fit in with their overall goals and their overall fitness goals. The problem with hoping that everything just turns out is hope is not a strategy that really works. Like it's, it's very rare that you just hope something happens and it just magically just all everything you want just just actually happens. The reality is, though, if you do plan ahead, if you have a little bit of a plan, it doesn't have to be really detailed, you don't have to spend loads of time and effort on it. You can enjoy all those social events and you can still get the results that you want. So the, the kind of the, the simplest version of this plan is if you know you've got something coming up. So let's say, you know, you're, you know, it's a particular day at the end of the week, you know, you're going to somebody's house for a barbecue or a garden party or something in the evening. And you know that that's going to involve maybe eating or drinking more than you normally would have. I mean, you, you can even do this for, it can be done for anything. So it could be for a weekend away. It could be for just having a takeaway one night in the week. But anytime that you know that you're going to do something that's going to involve eating or drinking more than usual, basically just eat less during the day. And that might sound really, really simple, but if you just have a small breakfast and have a small lunch, so for example, you know, if for, normally you'd have your breakfast, maybe you have a couple of pieces of toast or a big bowl of porridge or something, or even a full English breakfast with loads of calories in it, um, but you sort of balance that out throughout the day. Um, rather than doing that, have a really small breakfast. So you could have some like 0% fat Greek yogurt, very low in calories. It's got good protein in it, it'll keep you full. Have a few berries on there, which are going to hardly add any, any calories. So you have that little very low calorie breakfast. Then lunch, you could have like a big bowl of salad, like a chicken and tuna salad, which is going to be loads of food to fill you up, but it's not really going to add too many calories. So you're just kind of giving yourself just enough food so that you're not feeling absolutely starving, hungry during the day. And then you come to the evening and you might have left yourself a huge chunk of calories, which means you can have you know, a couple of glasses of wine, you can have a couple of burgers at the barbecue, you can have some crisps, you can have all of these things and enjoy all of these things, but without that having a negative impact on your results at all. And lots of our clients have done this in the past inside the Fit Over 40, and they are still able to lose like one to two stone or one to two dress sizes over 12 weeks, despite having social events and meals out that entire time. And we'll, we'll go through an example at the end of this, but the reality is it's it's the balance over the entire week that matters the most it's not kind of it, it's not down to just you know if you have one social event you're going to completely destroy your results and you, you can fit that in you just have to have the right strategy um most people i think see dieting as kind of a day-to-day -day thing so they'll see either today is a good day or today was a bad day depending on what happened um so you know for example they might you might eat one bad thing so let's say you know you're at work somebody offers you a big piece of cake you take that big piece of cake you eat that piece of cake and then you suddenly decide i've had a piece of cake today therefore today's a bad day and then for the rest of the day you then eat whatever you want you get to the end of the day you think well it's a bad day there's nothing else i can do to improve this so then you skip your workout you basically write the whole day off because of one bad thing but the reality is it's it's the balance of foods that you have each day and the balance of food that you have each week that matters, not being either perfect or, you know, or good or bad. So um, if you've got the right strategy, if you know how to kind of balance out your meals during the particular day or even balance out your your days during the particular week. So, for example, if you have a day where you go really over on calories and then the next day you go slightly under on calories for a couple of days afterwards over the whole week, it will all balance out and your results will be 
exactly as they would have been if you'd eaten exactly the same thing every single day. So yeah, overall, balancing out the calories can make a massive, massive difference. This is kind of the key in terms of just the actual strategies. It's the key strategy that's going to mean that you can enjoy eating and drinking what you want, but still get the results that you want. And if you want to learn more about calories as well, just a quick mention on that. We did an episode before this on our podcast. So have a look back on your podcast app. We talked about why you shouldn't aim for 1200 calories and really, you know, what, what type of calories you should aim for. And this is going to be specific for you as a woman over 40, it's going to be different for when you were younger. Um, and we, you do need to take into account things like your hormonal situation, your activity level, uh, your body fat percentage, all sorts of things like that um, to find out what's the right amount for you. So if you are interested in learning more about that, check out that episode. So our last sort of strategy then, and it's kind of wrapped up into what Ben was just talking about with calories, is also to manage your alcohol intake because hopefully you kind of know this, but you may or may not know alcohol has quite a lot of calories in it. Alcohol is pretty calorific. Um, it's in terms of calories per sort of unit weight. Um, the only, a lot of people think carbs are really bad. Carbs are really fattening. Carbs only have four calories per gram whereas alcohol has seven calories per gram in it. So actually alcohol is more calorie dense than carbs that people think are this big problem. So it's actually very easy to overconsume alcohol and then gain weight. And if you're over 40, consuming too much alcohol will also cause a lot of problems with hormonal changes. If you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, it will make all of that a lot worse. It'll make all the side effects worse, things like hot flushes, brain fog, um, low energy, all of those things you might experience anyway, you're just going to make it worse with alcohol. And I think the reason, you know, I don't want to sound like a party people here, but I think the reason a lot of people feel like they have to drink with a social event is either because of the social pressure or just because they feel like they can't have fun without the alcohol. They feel like the alcohol gives them that buzz, it gives them that, that thing that means they enjoy the social situation. They find it really hard to, to, to enjoy it without that. Well, that's what we think in our head. But actually, I, I heard something really interesting this week on a podcast about alcohol. An expert um, was talking about this and saying that the buzz you get that you think is from alcohol when you socialize is actually from socializing itself, not from alcohol. And socializing releases serotonin, releases that happy hormone when we do socialize with others, when we mix with others and have fun. And that happens with or without alcohol. So after about 30 minutes, when you start to get that buzz, you know, once you've kind of broken the ice with friends and things like that, and you start to feel good, you can, a lot of people pin that down to alcohol and then say, that's, I need the alcohol. So I feel that I feel good. But the reality is it's an inbuilt biological response to encourage us to socialize, to be part of the tribe, to fit in with other people. And the reason this is developed, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago when we evolved is because being part of the tribe was essential for survival in the past. Like if you didn't fit in, if you were ostracized from the tribe, you wouldn't get any food. You wouldn't be protected if there was a, anything going on. It would be a very dangerous thing to be. And, you know, you would you probably wouldn't have survived. You probably wouldn't have procreated and passed your genes on and so on. So to test this, to just test that, again, I heard this from this expert and I thought it was a great example of when we think about it, this is this really... Um, this is a really good test to figure out if this is true or to prove that it's true. If you just drink alcohol on your own, you're not with anyone, you shut yourself off, you're in the kitchen, you're on your own, you have no company, you have no TV, you have no music on, silence, and you just sit there and you drink. Obviously, it sounds pretty weird and you probably won't do it, but just think about this in theory. If you did this and you just drank and you kept drinking on your own, you will not get any sort of buzz. There will be no buzz. You'll just be drinking and then you'll start to feel woozy. 
So the buzz doesn't come from the alcohol. A lot of people mix that up. So the first things first is to realize that this is a bit of a misconception. The alcohol isn't making the situation fun. It's the socializing that's fun once you get past that first sort of awkward bit that we all have with even people we know well when you kind of break the ice. Um, and a lot of people trying to use the alcohol to kind of deal with that, that I suppose, little bit of nervousness. The other disadvantage, as I've mentioned from alcohol, it contains a lot of calories. And on top of that, it causes increased cravings as well. So it can lead to people having the munchies. It leads to people eating more. And therefore, then you eat a lot more calories on top of that. So you might, you might say, I'm just going to have a drink and be good with food. And then once you've had a couple of drinks, then you start tucking into the pizza. Then you start tucking into the dessert buffet on the side. And before you know it, you've eaten another thousand 1500 calories of, of nonsense on top of 500 calories, a thousand calories of alcohol. However, I'm not going to tell you to not ever drink. I don't think that's for most people, the solution, but for some people it might be, but instead what we'd recommend is you just make better choices. So for example, a single gin and tonic is about 55 calories with a diet tonic, a glass of wine. What a lot of people don't realize a glass of wine is about three to four times the calories of a single gin and tonic with a diet tonic. So a glass of wine is about 190 to 210 calories. So three or four times the amount. So that is going to be much more likely to cause you to gain weight than the single gin and tonic, because you could have three single gin and tonics and you still not had as much as one glass of wine. If you drink a bottle of wine, that's the equivalent of drinking more than 10 single gin and tonics. And you're probably not going to do that. So making a better choice will make a huge difference in terms of weight loss, because you do have to control the calories. There's no other way to lose to lose the weight, even if you're over 40 and you're, you're balancing your hormones and all that other stuff. Something else you can use is something called gin essence. And a lot of our clients use this and they like this, which is a small, very um, purified sort of gin where you can use a pipette to, to drip it into, um, into your drink. So you could take this with you. Some of my clients will take it in their pocket and it has 90% less alcohol than regular gin, but all of this flavor and taste. So you don't get drunk. You don't get any calories, really very minimal. Um, but you still get the taste. You feel like you're joining in. And then the last one, it's kind of obvious, but this was a tactic I'll use a lot of the time is I'll volunteer myself to drive. So I'll say, look, I don't mind driving. That means I can only ever have one drink really, uh, maybe two if it's a long day. So I'm never going to drink too much, which will then make a huge difference between the person who's drinking eight drinks over the course of the day, which might be a thousand plus calories and two drinks, which might be a hundred if I'm picking gin and tonic. So, what you really need, just like Ben said for the previous point, is a strategy. You need some sort of strategy um, for alcohol because otherwise it will run rampant. You'll consume way too much food and drink if you just drink whatever you want and you are going to gain weight and you cannot get away with that. In our experience as a woman over 40, you may have been able to get away with that within your, when you're younger, when your body's working more optimally, when you're more active, you're not got such a sedentary job and all of this. But as you're older, you really can't get away with that. So those are our top three strategies. And then the last thing we just say is have fun. Like you can still enjoy it. Loads of our clients say how surprised they are. They could still enjoy their socializing, you know, these social events they go to, obviously they haven't said recently because of lockdown, but prior to that um, and, and still lose weight. And they never thought they could do that before. And you don't have to ruin your hopes of losing weight to do that. So Ben's got a great example for one of our clients now that he's going to share with you um, who did just that. So this is from my client, Natalie. And she said, I was 13 stone, two pounds, so 83.9 kilos, and size 16. I was fed up and had a small selection of clothes that fitted me, very self-conscious, not feeling generally good enough. I had already tried all sorts, Slimming World, Weight Watchers, Light to Life, Exante, Lisa Riley book, Bikini Diet, etc. Before signing up, I was worried about the cost and that it was a scam. 
But Trinity is showing me that I can lose weight and socialize. It's okay to have a meal that's not 100% as long as you get straight back into it and I can go shopping for clothes again. I've lost 8.9 kilos, shrinking all over centimeters wise. I'm now a size 12 to 14 and much happier with what I see in the mirror. I can wear all my clothes again rather than just what fitted me. I feel better in general with more energy and feel more confident and comfortable. Amazing. So there you go. Natalie was able to enjoy socializing, managed all of that and still lose 8.9 kilos to so nearly one and a half stone um, and drop right down in dress sizes as well. So Ben, where can people go if they want to find out how to get results like Natalie and how to find out more about what we do? So if you want to find out more about what we do and how to get results like Natalie, just head to www.fit40info.com and you can get all the details there. Amazing. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that useful and enjoy your social events if you are going out over the next few weeks and uh, catch us next week for the next episode of the Trinity podcast. We'll see you then.
So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.